0: Hello, good people, and welcome to the Brunswick Beer Collective. Uh, This is another episode in our series on beer styles, the style season. Well, stylish. Style. Let's call it style. Anyway, I am Chris Shorten. With me is Jeffrey Chee. Hello. And with me is Paul Christoph. How's it going? And this time, we're talking about something that... Look, technically, you know, when you're hearing this, it won't be what um, society tells you is the right time to drink it but you need to drink it anyway. This is an episode about stouts. And I figured I'd just start out with uh, something that is, uh, like I looked up stout, uh, what is a stout on Google. Um, the adjective, it's a rather fat or a person of fat or heavy build or an object, strong and thick. However, what we're talking about is the noun, a kind of strong, dark beer brewed with roasted malt or barley.
1: Not the Uni- University of Wisconsin Stout, founded by lumber magnate James Huff Stout in 1891. <laughs> Which only has a graduation rate of 53%. The
2: university does. Yeah, that's... Wow, either
1: they're...
0: 93% acceptance rate.
2: Either people mm. that are morons or they're just really hard on their yeah.
0: people. Were there any Trumps that went to that?
2: No,
1: yeah, UWA Stout, notable alumni. And I've not heard any of these people and half of them look like deadbeats. No offence to you know, UW, UW Stout.
2: See, not to jump to later parts of the discussion, but Chris, I, it, it appears to me that you must know everything about this because um, there's an article on, mm. um, on a website that I found. Um, the difference between Porter and Stout Beer colon it's complicated you definitely you must have written that with a tagline like that that's that's got, uh, this has got your fingerprints all over look, it. look
0: n- normally that would be the case but the golden rule of any sort of headline is if you can avoid punctuation do it because you uh, it just puts people off that need to be able to look at it in one sma- one splash
2: and like sure yeah i am um, i've i've become quite partial I, and i know this about myself because i i sort of know it that's not very insightful, <laughs> but you yeah, know people like do things in like emails and stuff, and just don't realize like mm-hmm. There's, mm-hmm. There's this. This is dude at work who just uses like ellipses everywhere, but ellipses with random number of dots in them. Yeah, you, so you, you know be, that I would flip they'll, every time like I could f- find be, like for a, be like, you know, hello, four dot ellipses. Yeah. yeah, I would like to say it's an unnecessary ten calls. dot ellipses. So many, and just like, it, it, just it just goes out of control um I, I i'm quite partial to the dash which i use as like mm-hmm. you know a replacement for i guess i guess it'd be like a replacement for a colon or something like that yeah. you know yeah i like the dash yeah, yeah i like the dash, I have to use the dash. but D- i but i do check myself like in an email i go like okay there are 16 dashes this mm-hmm. email. we need to like we need to scale yeah. this back because mm-hmm. you need to use it just where it's required yeah. and not elsewhere you need to check well, yourself
0: before you wreck yourself exactly
2: right spot well, on
0: well i mean that is a dilemma of any punctuation in that um um, whether you're using parenthetical commas or using em dashes or anything like that it, if you overuse them then they lose all of their merit
2: well you just lost yeah. the whole listenership with like parenthetical, parenthetical commas and like m- my favourite m- songs and like yeah. you know fucking you know
1: now the one I don't like is when people start an email that generally unsolicited and it's a sorry to bother you and they proceed mm. well you're not sorry to bother me the whole literal thing you were doing is bothering me yeah sure mm. the intention of this is to bother me mm.
2: you're oh, not sorry at all just I once read the um the whole there's this thing like you know ten passive aggressive things people do in emails and I kind of read it, it was like yeah I do all of them in every email I mm. send ever it'd be like you know as previously as I previously yeah. told you before mm. right. you know yeah I did that the other
1: day someone yeah. sent me something just oh you know wondering how we're going with this update it's like you know, per as per my email mm. on Friday right. afternoon mm. and then make sure that's then I mean, before that so that yeah yeah that's yeah, included. yeah that's right that's right, that's right. <laughs> it's like come on come, come on. on you did not check yourself and now you've wrecked
0: yourself. <laughs> And speaking of wrecking yourself, stouts—they're very good at that. Stouts, okay, actual stouts. Well,
2: they don't have to be because this, this What I tried. So when mm. we'll, we'll get to this, when when I was doing the shopping for this episode, I mm. I thought right, what we'll do is we'll get one. You know, not because you can. a you know, stouts cover a wide spectrum of like mm. sort of beers, right? Ranging from like you know stout all the way up to like you know barrel aged imperial freeze distilled. Mm. Brew dog stout mm. or something like that.
0: Um, like stored in the belly of a small cow for three months.
2: Yeah, or mm. served you in, mm. in the carcass of like a dead rat or something. Mm. Like mm. actual mm. thing. Like, like seriously? Yeah, yeah, the, the end of the world beer. Like they, they served it in like dead animals. They taxidermied these animals Absolutely. with balls oh. inside. So
1: Oh,
2: gosh, that took a dark turn. Back yeah. to you. <laughs> um, so, yeah, but yeah, so, you know, so it goes... So the first stout that most people have is Guinness, right? Guinness, you know, yep. nice mm. Irish, dry, well, just dry stout, dry stout style. Uh, and then, but, you know, what most people are used to drinking now is, you know, your ridiculous, you know, barrel mm. aged chocolate, mm. coffee, chili, volcano stout, or, whatever. <laughs> you know, whatever. Like it's it's, it's, it's very interesting how, you know, how we've kind of, you know, gone from you know, the humble beginnings mm. through to sort of where it is mm. now and, and, and everything yeah. in between. It sort of makes it. But what I was trying to say was what I wanted to do was have a normal stout mm. and then have a, you know, a crazy stout, trying to compare and contrast the two. But it was actually very hard to find mm. a normal stout. Like I went to the bottle shop trying to try and find a normal stout and was like, mm. there are no normal well, stouts here. And I messaged you guys, like, does it not have any normal stouts? Nope. Nope. No, no. 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 Paul rocked up with a stout. We'll talk about mm. it. Like, we'll talk about what its characteristics are. I was like, I, I get it. Yeah, it, pro- mm. it would be the most normal tasting mm. stout, but it's just, yeah, it, it's it has still... too many digits in the ABV for like if it just like fall into the category. Yeah, so- well, it was very <laughs> much, a, yeah, it was
1: my assumption that I had a normal stout. And then I looked yeah. through, it's like uh, barrel age, barrel age, <laughs> wine barrels, bourbon barrels, addition of vanilla, addition of yeah. this, addition of mm. that. It's like, so this is the most normal of what I had.
2: Yeah, but this is just where it's gotten to. It's like this is not a this is not an indictment on anybody. This is yeah. just this, this is the same. Like yeah. I looked at my stout collection this morning and went, nope, 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 nope. <laughs> um, it is,
0: I mean, it's awesome, but all right, all right, question though. Do we do we think that um stouts get all these um cool variations because there's a, because a stout like the basic stat is almost like a blank canvas that you can
2: experiment with? Um, I think it's a canvas that mixes better with a lot of the stuff that you might want to put into beer, right? Because you couldn't really... I mean, like, chili's your classic, right? You put chilli yeah. into a pilsner, it tastes fucking horrible, <laughs> and there's no, there's no way back from that, basically. Uh, let's um, not talk about this. Whereas because the base of the stout is already, like, you know, quite roasty and comforting yeah. and intense, mm-hmm. you can chuck a lot of stuff in there mm-hmm. and not overwhelm the base stout flavour, and so I think you, you, you do have flexibility for mm-hmm. more stuff just because... This, whatever you do is not going to completely obliterate what the thing is supposed to taste like. So it's almost like it's a less blank canvas. And so as a result... Well, you if you talk about, stuff. you know, they've obviously got a very he- heavy malt base. Yeah. And I was saying like it was
1: malt, bready. It's almost like baking a cake. Think about it. Cool. All the additions that you would make to a stout generally would also work well with a chocolate cake. Yep.
2: Yeah. Interestingly... Um, the only main difference many brewers still agree on in, on the porter versus stout I'm, debate I'm literally looking this up <laughs> right now. Is on the kind of malt that should be used to brew each type of beer. Porters mm. use malted barley and stouts are typically made from unmalted roasted barley. Right. Yeah. And according to Bill Manley, brand manager at Sierra Nevada, or
1: one-time brand manager, depending on when this article is written, at their uh, North Carolina facility, he just said most people just use stout or porter based on what they actually what? want to call it. Yeah. yeah. So if you, this, this, um, draftmag.com, um, is this, uh, article, it's not dated. Um, it very interestingly says essentially Porter was popular style beer in London in the 1700s. Um, one of the origin stories is that, um, porters like bag porters liked it, but there's not a lot to verify that is the case. <laughs> anyway. That would be odd. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah uh, the the beer of choice of bag porters and there's like um anyway, an ad, there's a, ad, a, there's a, it's, a, it's a
1: very it's a very interesting article. That, yeah. uh yada yada yada. people started brewing a stronger version of the porter, which was called a stout porter. So oh, you could almost, yes, so you could almost think the original stout was an imperial porter.
2: yeah, yeah, I think I, I think I that. have I think I have heard this um this story before mm. yeah. by yeah. the late
1: eighteen hundreds. Nobody really wanted regular porters. Everybody wanted stout porters, which Mm -hmm. just started Mm -hmm. to be called stouts. All
0: right, all right. That kind of makes sense. I'm just curious... long story
1: short. There is no difference.
0: Yeah, they're the same thing. What is an invalid stout, then? Well, a stout that Um. invalids drink, I guess. (laughs) What's an invalid? Oh, okay, that was the... Abbotsford Invalid Stout was one made by
2: CUB, and... I'm, I'm not sure if that's an official style. No, I, that's think, no I, I no. think I think they just, it's a stout oh, and they call yeah. it the invalid oh, stout. No, it's actually it's,
1: invalid. It's when you make a stout and then the, um, you know, one of the uh, Facebook groups comes and says that's not stout. It's invalid. Ooh. Yeah, good point. Yeah. So well, no, nobody knows more about beer than uh, the um, group think on a um, Facebook craft beer group. I, well, according, to, according, according, according to
2: Wikipedia and, and, Invalid or invalid stout. I'm not even sure which one of these no. it's meant to be, actually. It's not it's not clear. <laughs> anyway, whatever it is, is a high sugar, low alcohol stout originally marketed as an especially nutritious variant. But that's our stunt. That's that's one of the origin stories of stout as well, right? In Guinness the, as well. Yeah, yeah the whole you go to the like,
1: tour and they've got all the ads where they used to stout you know, marketed at pregnant women and stuff. Exactly.
2: Like, so that was the whole milk, it was the oxytocin is like, you know, here, have it, have, it all your, have all your lactating. It will solve all your problems. Like, you know. Yeah. Like, there's a really morbid way to solve your problems, I suppose. Yeah. But yeah. anyway. it's
0: It's got dark. Much like the beer. Um, shit. It's, it, it, I do, it kind of makes sense in terms of how Stout turned to Porter, and my one of my questions was, "What's the bloody difference between the two of them?" Um, but I guess it, it makes sense of what we've all heard about this. Mm. But is there anything? Is there anything else that we can? Anything else we know about this style? I mean, I mean, is there a lot of
1: styles for it? I mean, yeah. First, first known use. Of the word stout for a beer? Was it a document dated 1677 found in the Edgerton Manuscript? And it backs up what I was saying earlier. The st- sense being that a stout beer was a strong beer, not a dark beer. The name Porter, so a stout porter was a uh, strong so on the, beer. So on the, on
2: the beer family tree, stout and porter are on the... They're, they're, they're the same. They're there on yeah. the mm-hmm. same thing. There you go.
0: Um, for, uh, for those listening at home, uh, Jeff is wearing his official uh, beer family tree... Uh, t-shirt,
2: and for some reason, interestingly, so Baltic porter that style yeah. is is connected to lager. So between so from stout from stout slash porter to Baltic porter to lager. That's that's one of the junction points, apparently, according to according to this T-shirt. Well, I, I mean, try, it's on the t-shirt. t-shirt. It's on the T-shirt. So it must be right. I well, mean, damn it could, right. Could wrong. It, I mean, it's a fancy looking graphic. Yeah,
1: yeah. I know. don't know, so, so in the Baltic countries, a it's a version of Imperial Stout in, in Baltic that's popular in Baltic countries. It's always cool fermented beer. There you go. With minimum eighteen degrees Plato. Oh, that makes sense. of many Polish
2: breweries. So on this T-shirt, again, not to say the mm. T-shirt is gospel, but on this T-shirt, <laughs> Imperial Stout and Baltic Porter are not even connected. I would have assumed that they would be mm. because every Baltic Porter I've had has been pretty Imperial tasting. Yeah, I mean yes. Yeah.
1: Um uh, I just so still find it very funny that, that the word stout, stout did mean strong. So it's funny how terminology evolves. Like mm. traditionally you could have had a yeah, yeah, a stout
0: tail and a stout lager. And but but also the fact that um, if a stout meant strong, but then if you said that someone someone was stout, then that, that would actually mean that they were short. But that means short meant strong?
2: Um, the word's probably changed um what well, it's, it's meaning is. It, it certainly means that Lord of the Rings. I mean like the dwarves are all short, they're pretty strong. Yeah. You know, stout and good wielding and, and that's
0: based on a true story as well. Yeah,
2: yeah, definitely.
0: Um according to Beer Today beer uh, sorry, beer Be tomorrow.com there's also a foreign style stout, which I always like anything that's um you know, suddenly called a foreign stout. Well that's or that's a foreign s- anything. S- it's only foreign stout
2: and the, the export stout are the same thing, mm. right?
0: Um well, here's an interesting I don't know if it has on the list. An
1: interesting fact for you: the oyster stout originated in um, Dundee in New Zealand, What? 1938. It was only started being produced by Hamilton Brewery
0: in London a year after, using the exact same formula. There you go. Yeah. So, so according to this, um, oysters and Guinness is a classic pairing. Did anyone know that? No. Yeah. Um, when stouts were emerging in the 18th century, oysters were a commonplace
1: food, often served in public houses and taverns. By the 20th century, oyster beds were in decline, and stout had given way to pale ale. Ernest Barnes came up with the idea of combining oysters with stout using an oyster concentrate made by Thyroidine Development Limited in Bluff, New Zealand, where he was factory manager. That's something mildly terrifying. That's a crazy oyster. story. It is. It's just like wow. Back in the day, people used to drink stout and eat oysters mm. in pubs. That mm. was the thing you did. No one does it anymore. Let's mm. just combine the two.
2: Well, because back in the day, like oysters yeah. were like not considered cool expensive like like, yeah well like lamb shank lamb shank also this is like mm. i remember i think i was talking to a friend of mine and um like her dad um that you know they owned a farm and and he can't eat lamb shank at a restaurant to this day it's like that's the thing we fed to the dogs like you do not eat <laughs> lamb shank as a human being like, like, no yeah. but
1: i remember i mean even like growing up i mean even like the early 90s i mean you know my grandparents you know Greek macedonian would use lamb like we grew up with lamb and lamb was always so it was hard
2: to find yeah it was cheap yep because nobody wanted it yep and yeah. yeah and it's like like um like chinese noodles that's why beef brisket is in chinese noodles because it was like the cheapest cut of meat and now it's like so super ordered. expensive because we've decided oh no we can <laughs> slow cook it in a barbecue now this must to be amazing immigrants no shit that's right immigrants no shit that's um you can write that one down that's what australia is built
0: on So on that note, I think we should actually drink some beer. And we are onto our first stout. And as Jeff alluded to earlier, this is, it's it's the most normal stout we have. Um, Paul, what did you bring? I
1: bought the Stubborn Russian 2018 from Pratt Brewery, an imperial
0: milk stout. And this was a stout given to us by our friends at Bright. It was, yes. Yeah, as part of um, some sort of oversized box that arrived.
1: Yeah, the first time I drank this was launch day at Catfish. Mm.
0: Oh, yes. I've seen the photos. There were, there were James Davidsons. Mm. There were furry Russian hats. Mm. Well, that's pretty much all you need. There were all kinds of people. right. And there was a a catfish in some
1: sort of tank. There
0: was was froth. Mm -hmm. There was
1: all kinds of stuff. It was a good night. All the usual beer faces. But it was a very new beer at that stage. I believe it was only a few weeks old. And now it is... Uh, Well, it's 2018. It's
0: had at least six months to... Fester. ...do its thing. Um... First impressions before we get to get to the descriptions and stuff.
1: Um, yeah, I mean, I liked it every time I tried it.
0: Mm.
1: Yeah. That's pretty intense. I had three of them at the Catfish on said night. 14th of July, so, yeah, basically yeah. seven months. And then it was on at the Ale House mm. on 7th of August as part of their... Dark, dark of beer. the beer. Dark side of the moon. That. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a good stat I really like it. And I remember thinking it needed to mellow, and I already think it's mellowed a bit from what it was. Mm-hmm. It's not mm-hmm. as bitey. Sweeter than it was, to be honest. Yeah,
2: yeah, no, it doesn't. definitely has some sweetness on it, um, which I guess makes sense. It's, it is an imperial milk slash sweet stout, so mm. according to Untapped, which I assume is going to be related to whatever the brewers told them to say.
1: Warm yourself, comrades. Winter has come. Each year at Bright Brewery, we brew our stubborn Russian imperial stout to help our comrades survive the alpine freeze of winter. This warming brew draws on the old English tradition of brewing strong, roasty stouts for export to the Russian imperial court. When the temperature drops below zero in Bright, a boost is required for this seasonal brew, which is achieved through the tactical injection of cocoa husk and nibs from our friends at Bright Chocolate, with backup from some lactose. Savor the warming and richly smooth blend of dark malts, with milky layers of chocolate and a softly roasted finish, topped with cocoa powder. That that all makes sense. Chocolate, smooth, sweetness, strong, and boozy are the five characteristics given
0: there. Um, I've just realized that story checks out. Have we reviewed this episode this beer before? No
1: because I've only had three times at the Catfish and then once at the Ale House, and I don't think it would have been. I don't think we
0: have. We may have. If that one time at the Ale House was this, then we have. I'm just looking to see if I can find it in our records. It was definitely not in the... But while we're there,
1: Julian Jay, just like a chocolate milkshake. (laughs) Just like a chocolate milkshake, only boozy. A bit too sweet for my taste, but nevertheless a lovely beer. Um, Stephen H. Charles Creek Big Ballsy RIS Delicious,
2: purchased at the Vin Wine and Spirits. Four point two five. Wilton aromas of roasted malt, undercooked chocolate, brownie, melted toffee, and juicy tart, juicy dark roast siphon coffee. Isolated creamed malt entry moves to flavors of Venezuelan cocoa butter. Jersey merbau, damp tobacco, and macadamia milk. Holy shit. I'm getting all of those
0: things, yeah. All of those. Four out of five.
2: Uh, Michael K. Creamy
1: (laughs) fudge chocolate? So rich. A little milky slash creamy. Boozy as fuck. Love this sledgehammer of a brew. 4.5. Comment by Evan C. Out of interest was your bottle massively carbonated? Mine dang near exploded when I opened it. Michael Kay, Which, yeah, uh, wouldn't say near-exploded, uh, but definitely poured a whole lot of airy head. Well, ours, it was was ours, as well. settling. ours was as Ours was really carbonated. It
2: was. Yeah. Story and checks out. And another
1: person that mentioned the carbonation was uh, one Michael Helm. Tastes great, bit too carbonated, costing a better score. 4.25, perched at the Valley Cellar door. And Jackson Pollard, after that, at Crafty Tin. Nice big coffee tan head, roasted coffee and dark chocolate aroma, big hit of spices and vanilla up front and a bold bitterness follows. 4 stars, but his fo- his photo is 50% head. So clearly um clearly uh, some issues with the carbonation. Mm. Thankfully if there's any big beer that's
2: going to not be as affected by that, um this is the mm, style. This is the one. Ryan L, did I just drink a chocolate bar? Dark chocolate in colour, chocolate head, sweet chocolatey taste, super smooth for a 12% beer,
1: 4.25. They have to say as well, the um, Bright Chocolate, I've been there a couple of times, and they actually do make fantastic chocolate. So, um, yeah, there's
0: definitely no doubt in the quality of the um,
1: chocolate cacao nibs inside this beer.
2: Yeah, nice.
0: Um, for those playing at home, uh, we reviewed this beer also on, uh, the first episode of season 13. Yeah, we did do it. Yeah.
2: There you it. go.
0: But I knew, well, the moment I heard the whole Our comrades thing, then it was like, wait a second. I reckon we've said this out loud before. Anyway, it's still a good beer and it's interesting to, um, have it, uh, you know. yeah. You know, that's the thing I guess we just doubt is we have had
1: But you know, six months later on. Is it the mm. same beer? Good point. Mm-hmm. Ever evolving, um, what do we think about it, people? I swear that yeah, this is sweeter than I remember it. I remember I remember when I first tried it. I thought it was very, very well balanced, but would get better with age. I actually don't know at the six months six six month mark if it's better than it was. I'm still going to give it a four because it's still damn delicious, but. Probably sweeter than I'd like.
2: Hmm. Jeff. Yeah, I um, I, 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 I agree. I think, I think it's definitely worth a four. Um, I don't think I had it when you had it, so I don't really have the point of reference to go from. But um, yeah, I think it's delicious. Mm-hmm. I really like it. So yeah, yeah. Uh,
0: I, th- I think we called
2: you for that one. Ah uh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Gordon. Yeah, I don't think God knows where I was that day. I <laughs> hope he didn't. Doesn't because. I don't want to know where I am. Uh, yeah, no, I'm, yeah, 4 out of 5. Um, yeah,
0: me too. It's a 4 out of 5 bit. It's still beautiful to drink. It's. I do agree, maybe its heyday isn't yet. But like, luckily we have... We do
1: have one more bottle,
0: so well, perhaps in another six months. Well, we'll keep it in the back of your um, endless um, stout collection in your cupboard. Yes. Which um, There the, are many stouts. And for those playing at home, uh, uh, the cupboard in Paul's house is essentially, you can see the bend, um, and that's because of all the beers in the back. Well, when we purchased the apartment, it was advertised to us as the linen closet. <laughs> 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 and, and where's the linen
1: now? Whatever. Where is the linen? Well, on the bed, and, you know, where linen belongs.
2: <laughs> so it's basically rotates in the bed and the washing machine. I mean, you don't actually need a linen closet. No.
1: It's valuable space for beer and wine and whiskey and
0: mm, mm. all those things so far, mm. all the things on Jeff's t-shirt yeah yes.
2: that's right every single one of
0: these uh, housing developers take note let's drink one more beer and we have moved on to our last stout and this one is Oh, well, this one is from the good people at Rocky Ridge in that's WA yeah uh, what is this thing
2: uh, it's called The Dirty Bitch, and it is a Russian Imperial Stout-brewed uh, barrel-aged with Shiraz grapes.
1: 200 kilograms, mm.
2: to be precise. So I, see, I, I assume a Rocky Ridge, are they associate with a winery. I was and Paul, you would you would know this better than I would. I don't
1: think so, but I mean, being in Bustlein, mm. it's close enough to Margaret River, so that's right. all the wineries yep. down there. So
0: but they don't know each other, I assume. Cool. But, and And... As per usual with Rocky Ridge, they tend to knock their cans out of the park. That's simple, although it does have a um, "the dirty bitch refers to a
2: dog which is covered in mud. Um, yeah, and all the cans were dented actually when I was in what? when I was buying them from the shop. I bought them from earlier. Yeah, I don't know why they were just there. They get like de- various sizes of dents in them. I'm not sure what happened on the way. <laughs> it's over kind here. of Rocky, Ru- Rocky Ridge's branding, mm-hmm. isn't it?
0: Mm-hmm. I would like to think it was intentional, it was but I suspect it wasn't. Yeah, it probably wasn't. But who knows?
1: Uh, the, the description, brewed, brewed with 200 kilograms of locally grown Shiraz grapes, lovingly pressed and added into ferment, this bold, brilliant beast of a beer lands at a cool 12.5%, mellowed over four months in a carefully selected arrangement of barrels, Cabernet, Shiraz and Malbec, on a select variety of ingredients from our loved locals at Migrant River Roasting Company and Gabriel Chocolate Yelling Up. There is a plethora of smooth, warming characters playing for attention. Keynotes include cherry, forest fruit, dark chocolate, vanilla, hints of freshly ground
0: coffee, molasses, and oak. And can I just flag that, I mean, technically, I would assume the stubborn Russian, you would class as an imperial, Russian imperial? Uh,
1: um,
0: although it said a, it was a milk stout, wasn't it? Well, it said yeah, it was yeah. an imperial yeah. milk stout. Right. Milk sweet, yeah. But because this is also Russian. This is a Russian imperial stout. This definitely, yeah, this is a Russian imperial. But so, uh, first impressions, peeps. Um, It's
1: it's it looks very thin, and mm. it does not at all
2: drink that way. Yeah, and you're I right. Feel is not thin. Mm. Yeah, that's a, that's a really good point. Um, I'm sure. Why? Yeah, it looks like yeah, it looks like it will taste like one of those real sort of pasty sort of stouts. Yeah. But yeah, it doesn't at all. Mm. It's yeah, it's quite nice on first gasp. Mm. But while we while we yammer on for a bit, it will warm up, which will which will sort of um, mm. alter the flavour profile yep. as well. I think I'm de- I'm
0: definitely like um, hugging it like it's
2: some sort of um, like your your newborn child exactly yeah. But or like your newly bought MacBook or whatever whatever the whatever <laughs> the natural equivalent of that would be. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> I like all those things. Um, what are people saying? But all right, gonna let's see,
1: we've got Scoot D down in Albany. Well, I should say Western Albany. I still refer to places in Western Australia by where they are in relation to Perth. <laughs> so, yeah, Scoot D in Albany. Uh, it's so roasty. Coffee and chocolate doesn't hit you like 12.5%, though. 3.25. Drinks like a six.
2: Matthew D was expecting a sour stout. Instead, I got a rich, dark chocolate with strong grape flavours. Good sweet finish. Amazing beer. Five out of five. Them's fighting words. Wow.
1: Aussie beer lover? Uh, location unknown. WA care package worth, oh gosh, this is really bad. WA care package, no space, full stop, no space, worth it, lowercase w. Doug's exclamation mark, no space, multi-coffee, no, yeah, this guy doesn't like spaces at all. I'm, I'm just going to read this because it's too, it's going to take too long to go through all the uh, <laughs> grammatical errors. Um, and, t- and yeah, WA care package, worth it, Doug's. Multi coffee nose, multi crisp roast, roasty coffee flavours, and a slight multi bitter alco finish. Bloody tasty mates.
2: Three point seven five. It does not read like that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Nick R, who I think has used punctuation grammar correctly, uh, very smooth and relatively easy drinking. Comma, though you can taste the booze, coffee, comma, chocolate, comma, and a light and light vanilla. So you probably don't need that comma before the and, yeah. Yeah.
0: Mm. What well, depends. Um, Oxford comma uh, it's an Oxford comma technically I like the okay. Oxford comma right. yeah. that's fine I'm a big fan of the Oxford comma yeah. fine but, I mean but you could go you could go either way you that go either way right. yeah
2: 4 out of 5 yeah. and, and 5 out of 5 for mm. correct use of the English language mm. fantastic mm. I approve
0: um,
1: Graham F at Carbon trash team. this is that Graham Frizzle guy mm. which mm. comments like on no. CBC, Beer Thread and Perth um, Beers loves at the exact same thing and the exact oh, yeah. all the time, so you get like three notifications from but, it. But he also writes some decent articles. He writes very good articles yes. and he writes very good comments. Like, mm-hmm. I really like reading his stuff, even if I have to read it three times. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Graham. No, uh, no. Okay. Um, yeah, no. I, I like Graham. He's a good guy. Um, great alliance of flavours here. Four stars.
2: Uh, Gus C. Good all round. The alcohol so well hidden. Perfect drop for this horrible weather. Uh purchase at the Dutch trading company, so it must have been like a yep. shitty day in Perth. Yep. Fifteenth of july twenty eighteen. Alright, uh give uh, me one more, please. Peter K
1: at Old Faithful on King Street. Uh holy fucking hell, smooth for a 12.5, four stars.
0: Um I do agree it is very smooth. Hmm. But I mean uh, but you know it's it also it feels very thin. Like I don't think it does. Least. I
2: think it does. Yeah, I'm. I will, as per usual, disagree with you. Mm. I, th- I think it. I think. It, I don't think it's. I think it's like. a yeah. it's yeah. very um, like not. It's not it's velvety. It's not, it's not super full body, but mm. it's like def- medium body. Like yeah, it's like I'm. I'm perfectly happy with it.
1: It's velvety. You can definitely tell the influence of the wine here. Mm. I I, re-
2: I really like it. Um,
1: it's a four from me. Yeah, like it. Is a bit chocolatey. You can taste the malt notes, but that, the, the wine the wine comes through. Like, it's not just talk. It's really well balanced between the flavours that it purports to have. Yeah, four stars.
2: Yeah. Mm. I'm going to give it 4.25. I think I like it more than the Southern Russian, actually. Like, I, I just, yeah, just really like this beer. It's, yeah, I like all the flavours. They've had Enjoy a very it.
1: good
0: strike rate on mm. um, Rocky Bridge lately. Well, I'm going for 4.25. Um, it's a beautiful beer and I, I, if we're comparing one with the other, I do enjoy it more than the Southern Russian. Um, I also just wanted to flag something of importance that uh, in the interest of, uh, we were talking about a few episodes ago about, um, sour beers and how the sours come from like a yeast that you would only find in a certain area. Um, one of the things that this claims on its can is that this has WA cultured yeast, yeah, which, well a lot of
1: WA brewers now are really you find it more and more that you know you find the uniqueness in mm. you know, WA beers, which can only be from WA. And I'm actually upping my rating as well. I was I was on the fence between four and four point two five, and yeah, I think you two have convinced me to caught <laughs> peer pressure, but I'm gonna I'm gonna
0: up myself to a four point two five as well. It it good, is fantastic. Good, good to hear. Mm, good know. to hear. I'm proud. So on that note. I think we should finish up for this week. Uh, this has been the Roots of Beer Collective talking about stouts. Uh, we have been Jeffrey Chee. Catch you next time. We've been Paul Christoph. Um, see you again. We've been Chris Shorten, and we will talk to you all next week.